We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello, and welcome to the Moose and Roots podcast. This episode 193 of the pod alongside Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso here to put the finishing touches on an NFL football season. What a season it was. What a finish to the season that was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers reigning supreme. Uh, just how everybody had it drawn up, an absolute blowout over the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 55. Historic stuff. Tom adds number seven. Gronk gets in the end zone twice. A.B. gets in the end zone. Leonard Fournette gets in the end zone. Nobody that was on the Buccaneers a year ago got in the end zone. It was a complete and utter dismantling of not only the Kansas City Chiefs, but the perception of what we believe the Kansas City Chiefs to be throughout this season and in seasons past. Matt Rooney, first and foremost, how the hell are you? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm a little bit happier because I, I think I got a little bit of, we think we got a little bit of redemption, more so me with our picks. I think we both gave out bucks and the under, if there I'm not is. mistaken. I think we both enjoyed the first half under. So I, I it, while it wasn't a great year for me, going out on a high note, I'm going to take that. Uh, but now, on the other hand, like I, I say, just about every year, Joe, now I'm sad. Like, what do I, what do I watch? Yeah, I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm I mean, always. We, there we got plenty to watch. College basketball starting to get into its upswing. I'm gonna towards, need your help towards, with that because I, towards I, conference championship weekends, I've been, you know, I've been locked in on it because that's yeah, they what you guys every, are, every Tuesday and Saturday. You guys are the but, hub for college basketball, I feel. But like. at the same time, like I, it's sort of been secondary to the thoughts in my mind of football and what's going on, storylines of that. Um, I, I've been obviously, I, I have a, a good feel of where the college basketball season's at, but the feel this season. Season is that there's not much of a feel. It's Gonzaga, it's Baylor, and it's everybody, everybody else. else. Um, we'll get into that in pods. To yeah, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Uh, we're talking Super Bowl here uh, on, on episode 193 of the Moose and Runes podcast. Matt, um, I mean, where do you want to start? The logical place is Tom Brady, seven Super Bowls, greatest of all time. Not that anything changes. He was still the greatest of all time with six Super Bowls. But what does change is... This is such a large highlighted point on the career resume to leave the franchise that you took out of the cellar that you made the greatest franchise in NFL history to go to some nameless, hapless, weird middle of Florida franchise and make them a Super Bowl champion in eight months. I don't know that there's another player in the history of any sport. And, and, and yeah, we might err on the side of hyperbole here. But he is simply the greatest, most productive, um, most prone to execute in the biggest moment athlete that we have ever seen. I, I don't know that Tom Brady, I, I believe that Tom Brady at this point, because of what he did in changing location and winning a Super Bowl in year one is now peerless amongst all athletes. Yeah. I mean, I think he's got to be the greatest, greatest athlete of all time is, is I don't know if like, that's well, the right could, word because he's not the most like, but you know what I mean? Like the greatest player, he's the greatest champion the greatest, of all time, he, but it's not even close. And like, I, this is coming from two bulls guys who worship Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan took years to get there. He did it in one quick, not quick run quicks in the wrong word, but didn't one run with kind of the same group. Tom did it from day one. He did. He's done it in two different eras. He's now got a different team, a different coach. I mean, it, it's, we had this debate, uh, you know, 
not we personally, but everybody who's having the debate, you know, is Tom, is Bill. And I want to say before this all happened, before Tom left, like a lot of people were quick to write off Tom and kind of saying, you know, he's just a system guy and it's more Bill's system. And I, I, that probably gave him a little bit more motivation, but holy hell did he just go and prove everybody wrong in the drop of a hat in eight months. Like it, it, it took one year, it took one switch of a team and the, the narrative has been completely flipped on its head. Um, really unbelievable stuff. And he does it in, I mean, he does it in extremely productive fashion. Mm-hmm. He, he outplayed Pat Mahomes. That oh, was 100%. something like we, we sat here and I, I believe the words came out of my mouth that I said that no outcome of this football game would surprise me other than a Buccaneers blowout. I, I wouldn't be surprised if KC blew out the Bucs. I wouldn't be surprised if it was close in favor of the Bucs. I wouldn't be surprised if it was close in favor of the – excuse me. I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City blew out the Bucs. I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City won a close one. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucs won a close one. But a Buccaneers blowout never really crossed my mind, and I don't think it crossed the mind of many – what did you make of the means by which they did this here on my, on last Sunday? I think the thing that was most glaring to me that jumped out is that I, I talked about it last week. That I thought the recipe for the Bucks to win this game was getting pressure on Patrick Mahomes, which they did an unbelievable job of. I think it was over 50% of his dropbacks. He was pressured. But I think a lot more – I think Patrick Mahomes was a lot more hurt than we thought. And I think that he looked factored more, into a lot he more, the, more hurt than the AFC championship yeah, game, I, which I was weird. It was, and maybe that was just because Buffalo wasn't you – know, they, they don't have as good of a pass rush as um, was Tampa. Maybe that's because Eric Fisher played some of that game. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I – don't get me wrong. The Bucks' pass rush was great, but it seemed like after a few you know drives and a few dropbacks of Mahomes getting pressured, he got a little bit of happy feet. He started bailing out, and then it became a little bit of a combination of both. Not only was the Bucks' offensive line getting beat, but Mahomes was kind of bailing out earlier, and then he was hobbled. And I, I, like from that point on, I think it was just kind of over because Mahomes couldn't move like he normally could. He didn't trust his feet in the pocket, so he tried to get out of it a little bit earlier so he could reset. That was getting so it was just it was kind of a just a roller, not a roller coaster effect, but just it was a downhill effect. Just things keep kind of mm-hmm. get, kept kind of getting worse. And yeah, the Bucks. I don't know that I, mean, I don't know that I saw him. Down. I don't know that I saw him flee in the pocket too much. Like he was just running for his life throughout Fair that enough. game, and he played a great game, all things considered. I mean, zero touchdowns, two interceptions doesn't really spell out a great game. He played as good as you can, and like, as good as you can in a nine point performance. And, and you can really only like throw the ball laying parallel to the ground and hit guys in the face mask so many times. Yeah. Like, there was a couple of drop balls early in the game. Tyreek Hill, deep ball, dropped. Um, there were opportunities Hill out there. never drops that ball. Early in the game that kind of changed the um, – didn't change – I don't think it would have changed the outcome, but it definitely changed the speed, the tempo, and the way might this not game have been played a blow, out in blowout fashion. Nine, Correct. Yeah. Um, with that thought in mind, I'll ask you the question, how much did those late first half penalties figure into that flow of the game in your eyes? Because there were a couple suspect ones there uh, down near the goal line, the Mike Evans uh, touchdown, or excuse me, the Mike Evans pass interference in the end zone uh, looked like it was over his head. I mean, the deep ball, their feet get tangled up. It, it was bad optics. It did look like PI, but like consecutively, the offsides on the field mm-hmm. goal that brought the offense back out there and gave him a fresh set of downs, consecutively there were a couple whistles did you take any issue not really I mean I think the most one you, you can make the uncatchable argument but I just I feel like that rule like that 
interpretation of the rule has kind of gone so far out the window, especially since pass interference has become such like more of a, you know, the last five, 10 years, they've gotten more aggressive in calling it because they want more offense. I feel like the uncatchable ball thing has to be almost like a throwaway for them not to call it. It has to be just in somewhat of the general vicinity, like for them to consider it a catchable ball. Um, So I I didn't really have much of a problem with them. I mean, the calls were going Tampa's way, but you know, sometimes that's football. And I, I just, I didn't have, it was, it was a short string of calls going one way that still had a whole nother half of football to be played. I didn't think that that was the end all be all of the game. I just thought that Tampa kind of came out and punched him in the mouth early. Kansas city didn't have too much of a response. And then once Tampa got those calls, KC just wasn't really the same. Yeah. Um, something that we have to keep an eye on here because I do believe Patrick Mahomes <laughs> will lead his team, whether it's Kansas city chiefs, the Chicago Bears or the uh, the Argonauts. He's going to lead teams to championships in the future. But there's something to keep an eye on here because Patrick Mahomes in non Super Bowls in all in every single game he's played other than Super Bowls has a touchdown to interception ratio of 129 to 24. Unbelievable. In Super Bowls, he now has a touchdown to interception ratio of two to four. He's thrown two interceptions in each of the two Super Bowls he's been in. No touchdowns here on Sunday and two last year. So I I think that, you know, I don't think that it defines who he is, but I think that it's a storyline we will talk about in the lead up to his next Super Bowl run or his next Super Bowl try here, which in my eyes, again, is coming sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt we'll see him back here in the next couple of years. And I, I think... It was talked about a little bit after the San Francisco one and, you know, kind of leading up into this one that he had the slow start, but then, like, he just completely overcame it. Before you knew it, you blinked your eyes. The Chiefs had scored, you know, 24 points in five minutes. And that clearly didn't happen this weekend for what for one reason or another. And it's it's going to be a storyline next time they're in a Super Bowl because Patrick Mahomes will be in a Super Bowl again. You have the two weeks to lead up to it. It's 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 becoming a fair question. It, it, we talk about the Chiefs being like the ultimate, you know, flip the switch team this this entire year, and you have to wonder if that flip that, that I think I texted you. Um, you know, it appears you can flip the switch unless you're playing a unless Tom you're Brady playing team. Tom Brady, yeah. And that's it, it. Seemed like the Chiefs went into the this one kind of feeling like we'll just be able to flip the switch, and, and they weren't able to. And I think Mahomes might be a part of that. Um, I, I don't know. You know, we can sit here and say. Yes, they'll be back. Yes, they'll do it. Is it going to be the same Chiefs team? Probably not. Um, Does Pat Mahomes give you a chance to win a Super Bowl every single year because of his talent? Probably. Where do you see the Chiefs going from this point? Because there was a lot of... Does his contract kick in next year? Not by players. The new contract, I believe, believe does start next year. Um, so again, money's going to get a little tighter, especially if the cap comes down, uh, you might not be able to re-sign a couple guys that you want to re-sign, but there was some finger pointing in Kansas city circles, not necessarily by players, but Mm -hmm. by every wife, girlfriend, mother, father of players that were calling out refs that were calling out teammates that were calling out this, that were calling out that. Is there any concern in your mind that the Kansas city dynasty, as we understand it, not necessarily that Patrick Mahomes won't be back there next year or in the the near future, but the Kansas city dynasty as currently constructed Mahomes, Hill, uh, Kelsey, Andy Reid, um, Jones on the defense, like Tyron Matthew. Do you think that this is a threat to the Kansas city? I won't call it a dynasty, but the current construction of of the Kansas city chiefs football team. Um, I don't know if it's this, you know, isolated incident is a threat to it. I just think with the new quarterback contract cu- kicking in, 
like most franchises do at that point, there's going to be some change. There's going to be some overturn because there has to be. I'm not sure the Chiefs can afford to have, you know, three $20 million cap hits on their defense anymore. I, I just don't think that's going to be the case. Um, I think you're going to see Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes on this offense for a long time. And then I think outside of that, you're going to have a whole lot of rotating pieces just because I think that's kind of the nature of the game. I mean, you look at it with Green Bay, you've seen Devontae Adams there for a long time. You've seen Aaron Rodgers there for a long time. And the rest of the pieces are kind of rotating parts. You know, David Bakhtiari might be the other piece, whatever, but you rotating parts and people we draft. And, you know, once it becomes time to pay people, we kind of move on from them and redraft. I think that's just more the nature of the NFL than this game, this uh, you know, isolated yeah. incident in this game. And Patrick Mahomes' new contract kicking in next year. Can you afford to pay Tyron Matthew $20 million? Can you afford to have two twenty uh, $25 million hit? I'm looking at their cap their cap hits right now. Frank Clark is $25.8 million. Chris Jones, $21.8. Can you afford two $20-plus million on your on your defensive line, just one unit of one side of the ball? I don't know. I'm, it's, I'm, it's looking, at, I'm, looking, at Mahomes, I'm looking at Mahomes' contract, mm-hmm. and they got really creative with the way that they broke this down. Most of it comes every single year. The vast majority of his money comes as a roster bonus. He's okay. getting it as a big fat check whenever a roster bonus is hit. I think that's during training camp or whatever. Um, he's got a workout bonus in there. He's got a signing bonus. He re-signs every year for the next four years for $2 million. But next year, his base salary is $990,000. Like His game checks are going to be tiny. His cap hit he carries next year is $24.8 million, which is an absolute man- oh, steal. It's an absolute steal for a quarterback. He's 24-8 next year. He's 31 the following year, still a bargain. And then he's 42 in 2023. Are you looking at the spot track page right now? I am, which at that point would probably be market value. I mean, it sounds crazy, but for a top five quarterback in the year 2023, 40 a year is what they're going to be making. I know it sounds right that like once you look at these, the numbers will be will be falling in line. But I'm looking at his age 32 season, 2027. He's going to carry close to a 60 million dollar cap hit, and that's, that's where things get a, that's where things get a little hairy. <laughs> no, that's but, where things get a little hairy because that I, I don't. I'm, I'm sorry. I, that that's six years from now. I really don't see the quarterback market exploding by thirty three percent in the next six not. years. Um, but yeah, so the next year the cap hit is for a quarterback. Manageable, it's very manageable. Like you said, it's a steal. It's still a twenty million dollar increase from where he's get, from what he's getting right now. And for sure, the, the for salary, sure. the NFL salary cap is going to go. It's not going up. It's probably going down. Yeah. It'll go back up eventually, but for this uh, year, it's probably going to go down. Just just for uh, comparison's sake, it's going to be what is that? It's going to be fourteen million dollars less than the franchise tag. Franchise tag for a quarterback next year is coming in at $38 million plus some change, which is likely where the Cowboys are going to find themselves when they come to Dak. another stalemate with Dak Prescott. So um, I guess you could still call it a bargain for the next couple of years, but it, it'll be interesting to see how uh, adversity changes the way that we view the Kansas City Chiefs and the way that they view themselves. Because mm-hmm. this year, we talked about it all year, them pushing around their food and just relying on talent. But I said it last week, talent gets you to the Super Bowl, execution wins it, and, and the Bucks vastly out-executed the Chiefs on Sunday. Um, Want to talk a little bit more about the Bucks' performance here, not just Tom Brady, other things that we saw defensively. Obviously, they were dominant. You mentioned Jason Pierre-Paul. JPP has not lost a playoff game in his career. I believe that's insane. Now because the two, he was um, on the two giants teams, right? He's on the right. two giants teams. that got the best of Tom. 
uh, and now here on the Bucks. Uh, I saw a tweet, uh, irreverent but good stuff. He's lost more fingers than playoff games, which is two which more is fingers than playoff games. Two hundred percent. So he's, he's he's got a game to spare. He's got a game to spare there. Good God. JP JPP with the diamond grills in wreaking havoc. Indomik uh, and Sue is now a Super Bowl champion. Uh, Devin Vita White Vea. is fantastic. Vita Vea, Devin that defensive White. line changed once he came back. That I think that we said. I think we said it even before the playoffs this year. I think this is the best linebacking core in, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So so when you're looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah, we want to immediately give all the credit in the world to Tom, and he deserves it. But, man, the way that the guys around him rose to his expectation, like Tom Brady's Super Bowl expectation rubbed off on everybody, but that doesn't mean guys are going to start executing at a higher level. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers did over the last uh, – seven, eight weeks of the season. The last loss the Tampa Bay Bucks had, week 12 against the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, they, they won out. And then it was just, yeah, we're done. The Kansas City Chiefs. We're done losing. Um, it's taken us this long, but we do have to point out 20-19 Bears winner in week four uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Chicago Bears, transitive property, <laughs> Super Bowl champion. Transitive bo- print, property champion. Print the T-shirts. Print the T-shirts. Oh, goodness. Um, Matt, on your notes here that you obviously took uh, fervent notes. Oh, yeah. Super Bowl. I'm sure Big there was, there was the, no I snacking. The in front of me. There was no drinking. There was none of that going on. No, I don't eat. Well, outside of Tom, what jumped out at you? It's You talked about it there, the Bucks defense. And I, I you, the, the one guy you didn't really mention there that has jumped out to me, it's just about all play. I, I, he didn't play, I don't think, the uh, the Packers game, but he's all season he's been jumping out and wasn't the Super Bowl again is Anton Winfield. Antoine Winfield. Yeah. Uh, they, he, he's been a fantastic safety, and I thought he was – it's, it's tough when you're watching defense, especially, you know, the, the defensive secondary to break down, you know, their performance in a game because you don't have that end zone view. They're out of the screen so often. But he's a guy that just seemed like every time the Bucks were making a play down the field, he was in on it. And you, you could tell how big of an impact he made on that defense getting him back. But Todd Bowles, too. I mean, people are talking about it yeah. now. He's a guy that's, you know, putting himself in a position to be another to, to get another crack as a head coach. He didn't have the best time with the Jets, but then again, it's the Jets, and he did go ten and six with them in one year. So you never really know what's going. It's hard to judge somebody on one head coach. Yeah, but it's New York Jets. He, he's the way he's kind of reinvented himself. Not reinvented himself might not be the right word, but kind of found his dominant defense again under Bruce Arians, he's going to get himself another chance at a head coaching gig. I'm on, I'd be shocked Fine, I think, if he did. but it's probably not going to work. It, it might not. Because it's, it's the Peter principle. Some guys, we talk about it here, some guys are coordinators, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with being a top-tier coordinator on a championship team. There's nothing wrong with it. That is the pinnacle of most careers. Like that is That is far and beyond in the highest percentile of coaching. And yeah, the dream is to be a head coach. The dream is to have the Gatorade dumped on your shoulders after the Super Bowl. But sometimes... That's just a dream, and sometimes you're just a coordinator. Now, Todd Bowles has had his chance. Mind you, it was with the Jets. Most yeah. guys get their chance with the Jets because the <laughs> Jets are always changing coaches. <laughs> I'm excited to see Byron Leftwich as yeah. the Chicago Bears coach two years from now. i got to be honest. If I'm Byron Leftwich, I, I think this is probably what he's going to end up doing. Bruce Arians, I don't think, is coaching for much longer than two or three more seasons, and I would not be shocked if Byron Leftwich was just – the guy, like we talked about, what we think you know might be a, a good place for Eric Bieniemy to be in, if he mm-hmm. wants to just you know wait five years for Andy Reid, 
I think Bruce Arians has less time than Andy Reid because he's I mean, been retired already and, and doesn't seem like a guy that's sticking around forever. Wouldn't be surprised if Byron left, which is just, you know, hangs hey, around. You're, you're, you're the guy. Bruce has uh, done in three years. Here's a little bit more money. Stick here. You're our guy. Our insider Jason Locke on for uh, before the Super Bowl was reporting that, um, you know, there, there'd already been talk from Arians' camp and his family that, yeah, they're already toying, not toying with the idea, but already planning for retirement. Now, did that mean directly after the Super Bowl he was riding off into the sunset or going out on a loss? No, but you hear Arians talk when everybody after the game was being asked, we coming back, we coming back, we coming back. Everybody said they're coming back, but Arians did say, you know, Coming back, try and get one more of these. Yeah, like, that's it, what he said. We're going to try and repeat and reevaluate after that. Yeah, we're we're at the. He we're very much seems like he's on, a, he's on a year to year basis. It kind of he just like. became the oldest. I mean, he looks great, and I'm glad that he's in health after some of the complications that he had. Yeah, but he's the oldest. He's the oldest head coach to ever win a Super Bowl. He became the oldest head coach to ever win a Super Bowl on Sunday. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's a good point there. That left, which could be just the heir apparent there for the Buccaneers. Um, the relationship with Tom, not that Tom's going to be there forever, but <laughs> the relationship. Be, but it who, who's there longer? It could be Tom, another. Who's could be another who's decade? I don't know. Longer, Tom or Bruce? I think it's Tom. Yeah, Tom's. I'm Tom's just trying not, to figure I, out contractually because Tom's got one more year, right? It was a two-year yeah, two deal. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think. No, I mean. He's I mean, finishing he his would, career in Tampa unless he wants to come home to the No, yes, I completely agree. But what would the structure be beyond that? Just one-year deals for, yeah, I mean, hey, give me 20, 24 million, build a nice team around Yeah, I think it would, it would like, at that point it'd probably be similar to what he was doing with the Patriots except one-year deals, not long-term. It's like, hey, guys, we're just going to we're gonna sign one, a new one-year every deal. We're going to see who's out there, see what we need. Once we kind of have that all in place, we'll just kind of base my salary around that. I mean, if you got Ali Marpet and Tristan Wirfs and all those guys protecting him and keeping him upright, he can play till he's sixty. The guy, yeah. the way that he takes care of his body and the way that he's been delivering the. I mean, football he was saying the other day. I, th- I saw a quote like he's always said he wanted to play till he's forty-five. He said the other day, like, yeah, I think I could probably play past that. And I mean, I, I don't doubt it. it. I think he can. Think about it. There was a the guy has seven Super Bowls, and there was an eight was it eight or nine year stretch where he didn't win a Super Bowl. Yeah, like they talk. We talk about the Patriots dynasty, and don't get me wrong, like they, it, it was, but like there, there was a big layoff there. Like they won those three early, and then they didn't really win again until with the 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 one in Arizona against it, Seattle. Was that the next? Like they took like they granted yeah. they were still going to AFC Championship. It was that one, chances, and then it was like, Atlanta, and then it they was... went from like 04 to two thousand twelve or two thousand thirteen without winning one. It wasn't this. Like it wasn't as prevalent as it's been later in Tom's career. It wasn't as much and, of a given that they're going to be in the Super Bowl. And to that point, it was a complete career renaissance that got him the last three, and mm-hmm. now this this lone standing one with Tampa Bay. So what is what is what is left for us to question Tom Brady, other than age, that he can't have this renaissance here in Tampa Bay for five years? I, I, I don't question it. He can do whatever he wants. I, I, if he says he wants to play till he's fifty, at this point, he's earned that. Like, I'm not saying he's going to play till he's fifty, but he says right now he thinks he can. Uh, who am I to say I don't believe him? Yeah, and he's um, he's forty three and he was dominant in the Super Bowl. Speaking of guys coming back, Tampa Bay is only going to get stronger because you got Tom coming back, you got your head coach coming back, you got a big part of the defense coming back, you got young talent on the offensive line, and you got what what many could consider the greatest tight end of all time coming back in Gronk, um, committing to come back and do mm-hmm. it again alongside. I, I figure as long as Tom's doing it, Gronk's, Gronk's probably going to do him. it. Um, 
two touchdowns after having minimal production. I mean, to be fair, throughout the entire season, that was specifically my, in the playoffs, he had seven catches through the first three rounds of, through wildcard division and championship weekend. Seven total catches. And he comes out, scores two touchdowns, and absolutely changes the game in the Super Bowl. That was my biggest, like... How did I miss that? When we were talking about props, we were talking about it was either going to be Brock, missed Brock it. or Bray. Vegas like, right, missed it. It was two right, and a half. Right when he walked into the end zone on that first, or it was first, whatever, the first touch, I don't remember if it was first drive or not. I was like, you know, God damn it. It's the Super Bowl and it's Brady and Gronk, and I didn't take that. Are you kidding? Like, I don't, it can be 10 years from now and they're in a Super Bowl and I'm still, all right, Brady's going to find Gronk for at least one. Like, it's it's the Super Bowl, it's Tom Brady, it's Rob Gronkowski. They're going to figure out a way to get him involved and they're going to do it and that's exactly what they did. One thing one thing that played into that production in a big way, not to say if he was in full health that Gronk wouldn't have still eaten, but Cam Brate was not 100%, was dealing mm-hmm. with back inju- with a back injury um, throughout the week. I think he caught the he caught a ball on like the third play of the game, or it might have been the second drive. Caught a ball, turns up field, gets hit, gets up gingerly. Like you could tell he was playing through pain. Yeah. And I think that they were limiting his reps. So I think you saw Gronk out there more than he had been out there in the flow of a normal game. And I think he just kind of reverted back to, hey, I'm Rob Gronkowski. I'm going to run block. I'm going to get out into the pass game. I'm going to catch a shorty. I'm going to ad lib in the end zone and catch another. Like he became Rob Gronkowski yeah. because he was the only mouth to feed for the majority of that game. It was more just, he was back in the Super Bowl with Tom Brady and something just kind of clicked for him again. And obviously yeah. getting more opportunity help. It's like, oh, wait, no, this is where I'm supposed to it's hard for me to say that like it takes that for him to really like focus in, lock in, get up for a game, but it's getting to the point where like where with where his body's at and how like how limited he I don't want, limited is the wrong word, but like he doesn't have as many shots left in him as he used to. It's almost like he's he's gotta save himself for certain moments and then once he gets there it's like, Oh, okay, we're here. Now we go. Yeah, and, and like even in the way that they celebrated this, and I understand it's COVID, so the celebration's gonna be a little bit more muted anyway, but like Tom, uh, Gronk ran up to Tom, and the first second he saw him after um, after the clock went to zero, the words they shared were, this is what we do. This is what we do, is what Gronk said to Tom, and it's what they're going to continue to do, because that's what the wild. expectation is. That's what the team, that's the way that that team is built right now, is to win championships. Um, and when you got the greatest quarterback all, to, all time, you've always got a shot. Um, did, did, it was an absolute master class in how to execute on the greatest stage. Did you see, I think it was afterwards on, on I don't remember which form of social media, but the, the wife and girlfriend, uh, Camille and Giselle the, did the, the, the we, we ain't, ain't going, going nowhere. nowhere. That, was, that was pretty good. I thought that I'm was. still waiting on Tom and Gronk. They didn't do one after the Super Bowl. I don't Bowl. think they do them after. I think they just did them going into the Super Bowl. Yeah. They, I don't think um, they did one after the Super Bowl last time. The one that, was, that, was a, that was a nice little touch there, no doubt. That was good. Um, but uh, Matt, any, any parting thoughts here? I know we're what did you think of the halftime? We're show? not we're not hitting everything here. Halftime show was good, not great. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm, I'm a I'm huge. Gonna... I love the weekend. Like those are all certified tier one bangers. Okay. The audio wasn't great. Um, I gave it. A, I, I always thought think, it was like a C. It was fine. Yeah, C, C was plus, there. C plus for me. I think that you need, and and I know this is probably artist preference, but like. You got to have the Britney Spears mic. You got to have your hands free. If you're moving around a stadium, mm-hmm. he, he, he was gyrating and moving like you should be. It's an entertaining show, but the mic was coming away from his mouth and it was bad audio to boot. So like we're getting half the note because because the mic's not at his yeah. mouth. Um, it was good. Like we said, good, good not, not great. great. 
Um, I wasn't expecting a grand spectacle a la Katy Perry and the, the dancing sharks this year. I always think that because it's the Super Bowl, you got to have a feature. You, you got to bring somebody out that you've done a song with. Like, there's got to be at least a surprise act or an announced act. Like when it was, uh, what was it, Coldplay, Bruno Mars, and like J Lo, the one or whoever Beyonce, it was. Beyonce, I think, came out. Beyonce, yeah, yeah, Beyonce. You and then did have didn't multiple... Shakira have J Lo as like a surprise? Shakira and J Lo yet last year. I want to say that that was announced, but still, Shakira. Oh, you need special guest. It's I don't know. I don't care if you're Michael Jackson or The Weeknd. It's the Super Bowl. It calls for two talents, yeah. I feel like. that It was missing a little something for me, but still nice. I mean, again, not why I watched the game. I couldn't tell oh, you no. I couldn't tell you one commercial. Um, the we only one that I reckon that, that breaking it down and talking about the game during commercials. So. The only one that's that, that I can vividly remember the, like the I, Brady one, but I saw nope. that one on social media. I was going to say the is the tied one with like the, the Jason Alexander face hoodie, which is kind of funny. Didn't see it. Uh, it, was just, um, it was just it was just George Costanza doing George Costanza things. It's funny. Gotcha. Um, but outside of that, Matt, I mean, just uh, not to be like uh, flowery here. Or, uh, no, be flowery. This is your podcast. No, uh, it, it was nice that we got to see the Super Bowl this year because oh, a yeah. lot of a lot of normalcy has been taken from us. And uh, at the beginning of the football season, there were detractors saying that, oh, we shouldn't be playing this and that. And the fact that we not only got a full season of football, mind you, a a couple scheduling hiccups here and there, um, and and that we got uh, a sense of normalcy in Tom Brady hoisting the Lombardi trophy. uh, It felt good. Uh, good. I thought, the cutouts were a fantastic. Obviously, stadium yeah, cutouts. Yeah, it, it made it look full. But they legit, like there were cutouts in every empty seat, and I thought that yeah. was like, watching the game. I didn't know that they had cutouts, um, or the, how like how many they were using. It was hilarious like, to see like well, the, so, it was watching the game. The it was like social justice warriors. Yeah, it looks pretty full out there. It's like yeah, it I is full. That with, looks like a pre-COVID crowd to me. No, there's cutouts. No, there's, there's cutouts, cutouts guys. The I know Florida's a little aggressive. They're not that aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They probably are that aggressive. It was the NFL dialing it back. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but uh, Matt, I, and I want to, I want to raise a what, what you might laugh at and what might be um, I've never deemed as a, as a as a silly comment right now. But I think um, when you add time to this Tom Brady formula. Uh, and we get down the road, and he's got his gold jacket, and they've done the documentary, and it's all said and done. And there's a 60-, 70-year-old Tom Brady um, being interviewed when they changed the name of the Lombardi Trophy. Like, I, I, I really, truly in my heart, with all due respect to hologram Vince Lombardi, that's the Tom Brady Trophy now. Like that, they, no one's, they have no to one's saying it. No one's saying after. it. If it's Something's not that, whether it's no, the MVP I, I did trophy, hear somebody say, whether I it's where I was listening to, but somebody was making that argument at first. Like, it what, it's, it's, but like Vince it's Lombardi, five MVP trophies now. Fine. We'll take that. But Vince Lombardi yeah, Vince won Lombardi, a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl. He was integral in launching the league, but it's not the George Hallis trophy. You know, yeah, uh, it's, it's not the charter franchise trophy. It's not to, not to take anything away from it because it's the Lombardi trophy. It's Lord Stanley's cup. It's the, you know, there's, there's history and tradition behind these things, but you get to a certain point, name the damn thing after the guy. Does the Super Bowl MVP trophy have a name? I'm not sure. I, I mean, I'll that, do that, that right now. Talk amongst the, yourselves. If, if that does not have a name, that would, I think, be the most logical without removing the Lombardi. Because, like, like it is. It's the Pete Rozelle trophy. Okay, well, sorry, you know, Pete. sorry, Pete. It's probably sorry. just going to go to Tom. Yeah. 
I don't uh, know why Pete Pete Rosell never won a Super Bowl MVP. Is that four or five? I think that four for Tom. Four of the seven he's been the MVP in. That sounds. You got right. an Edelman. I'm trying to name the other ones. Edelman, got, uh, Dion Branch won one. That one of the early wow. ones. Wow, good good catch. Um, did Tom win in the the Rams game, the first one? Yes, I believe so. Okay, then I think it might be five. Okay. Um, another interesting conversation we were having. No, Mal- did Malcolm Tom- Butler win? No, he, he didn't have the interception. The he just okay. had the interception. I want to say that. Will, uh, I don't know. Besides the point, name the thing after the guy. Yeah. Um, we're, we're one thing four or five, like it's that big of a difference. We were uh, we were laughing post game at work about the names of the guys. We were trying to name the backup quarterbacks in all seven, and we did it. And I mean, Jacoby Brissett is a Super Bowl champion. Um, Drew Bledsoe is a Super Bowl yep. champion. Uh, Mar- well, who was it this year? It was um, Brady has five, by the way. I just looked it up. Five Super Bowl okay. MVPs. But the names of the guys that have been the backup quarterback. Who is his backup this year? Oh, um, it was the, uh, Mizzou, Mizzou kid, Gabbard, Blaine Gabbard. Blaine played, Gabbard is now a Super Detroit Bowl champion. Yeah. Um, Matt Castle's Hoyer, him, right? Hoyer, Castle, like guys that have a ring in the in the trophy case because of Tom Brady. Uh, the list is far-reaching. Must and, be uh, nice. It only continues to grow. You know who else uh, Matt, has a ring because of Tom Brady? Who's that? Teammate of the podcast, Sean Conley. Sean, Con- Sean yeah. Conley let's, has a ring because of Tom Brady. Mo- let's take a moment here and, and applause to our guy, Big Sean, um, a fantastic teammate and a scout for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, now a Super Bowl champion. It was great to see him hoisting the Lombardi. That was wild. Uh, cigar in the mouth. His Instagram post holding the Lombardi on the, on the field. It's like, Holy that's shit, that's cool. Special stuff, and um, you know, we talk about these coaches now all deserving head coaching jobs, or are they coordinators and this and that. Well, they all started somewhere, yeah. and uh, they all started where uh, um, you know, Big Sean is well on his way to a successful coaching career, being a part of a, uh, a coaching tree there in an organization with Bruce Arians of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, now a Super Bowl champion to his name. The stereotype continues to rise for our boy, Sean Connolly. Great stuff. Out of Sun's Big always Sean. shining on the Titans. That's it. Great day to be a Titan. Now, uh, it's, Matt, it any, is unfortunate any, I didn't get a Disco Pogo video from him afterwards, but we'll get over that. that we need to, yeah, we need to talk we'll about talk to that. Him. We'll talk to him. Any, uh, any parting thoughts here for the Super Bowl, the season that was? Anything we're not hitting here, Matt? No, I think, I think we covered it all. I really do. Um, I think we did a great job, as always. A, a, a big thanks to you as well for uh, busting it this, this NFL season. I and, promise uh, to be better gambling next year. That is my promise. You don't have to be because I'm no, looking forward to be. golfing with these beautiful TP5Xs. You got hey, and you got, the, you got the Alabama you got logo. This year. I got them the last two years. I'm, I'm due for, I'm, it's, it's a two-for-one deal. I get two, you get one. Now I'm going to get the next two. I'm not sure that's how it goes, but I, uh, I finished the season above 500, so uh, you're welcome to your bankroll. Um, keep following those moose picks. Keep fading those runes. Uh, that's it for the season, uh, the 2020-2021 NFL football season. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are your champs. Tom Brady is again at the mountaintop. We will look forward to next season where we can again lament over the Bears' shortcomings. Let's talk about that for a moment oh, before okay. we head to some buyer okay. sell. Let's do it. we got to talk about Carson Wentz. 
it's it's the is it just um, me or there are a lot more trade not just Carson Wentz but there's a whole lot of trade trade rumors flying this offseason it seems like well, there's I, more I mean you got Carson Wentz obviously at the, at the quarterback Boston, at the quarterback position it's never been like this now Carson Russell Wilson saying he's not possibly happy. Russell Wilson um, you've got Jared Raven, Goff and the Stafford are, trading, trading places Ravens are shopping now it sounds like a stud tackle in Orlando Brown who want who only wants to play left tackle so it sounds like he's going to be out of there like there's a whole lot of people out there. Like, it, there's going to be a lot of movement. This is going to be like, I don't think we've seen a trade season like we're going to see. Yeah, it's a it's a what have you done for me lately type league, and it's never been uh, it's never been the NBA in terms of free agency movement, and it never will be. But we're getting closer here mm-hmm. uh, with the names that are that have been floated and the guys that uh, could possibly trade places. I don't think we see Russell Wilson leave. I don't either. He's asking. He's asking for offensive line. Yeah, this is he's just a, this for, is a ploy for help. And he'll he's, get it. he's asking for a couple tackles. He's asking for a guard is what he's asking for. Um, because if the if the asking price for Matthew Stafford is two first rounds and whatever else they sent over there, uh, I don't know. I don't know if anyone has the picks to trade for no. Russell Wilson, if a Super Bowl the- champion, a potential MVP candidate. Um, I think that that's what three first rounders and your yeah. firstborn child. Like, if I'm the Seahawks, I'm just I'm right. I going to Russell and being like, hey, Orlando Brown's on the trade market. We're going to go get him for you. That's that's a stud left yeah. tackle. There you go. We're fine. But, I, I think that's can, a logical move for those guys. We continue to dovetail away from the point yeah, that might, I know. Uh, hurt our hearts here. Let's do it. I, wanted, I just want to take your temperature on Carson Wentz because everyone like everyone at work, all the analysts know that I'm a, that I bleed bears. Like, yeah. it, 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 it is my bleed blue and orange. Blood. And, and so they all came, they all came at me as if they all came at me as if this was like a ha-ha, Carson Wentz is going to be your quarterback. And I was like, yeah, the guy who threw 38 touchdowns and three interceptions two years ago and was an MVP candidate. Like, of all of the possible options, I get it. This past year wasn't good. He might even have an attitude problem. But you also have no offensive line and no targets to throw mm-hmm. to. So maybe give the guy the benefit of the doubt on a bad season. Of yeah. all the possible options to be the Chicago Bears quarterback next year, I am realistic about the fact that Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, ninety nine point nine percent, are not going to be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. So that leaves me with what options? What is the quarterback market at pick number twenty? It's nothing. It's non-existent. Maybe Kyle Trask. No thanks. No. Or do we have to trade up, give up a bunch of capital, go get Mac Jones at what twelve, ten in that area? Mm-hmm. No thanks. Zach Wilson, who. I mean, I, I'll, I've made quarterback proclamations in the past year that have kind of come back and I've had to eat, and crow, eat crow, but I'd love to see it. Love to see Zach Wilson succeed with the headband and the little punky QB look coming out of BYU. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't know. The success rate of, it, of quarterbacks at the NFL level, uh, historically bad regardless of your name, whether you're first round, third round, sixth round, mm-hmm. shout out to Tom Brady, uh, historically is not that good. So if you're giving me the options of picking at 20, Trading up to go get a quarterback, I'm not really sold on either. Or Carson Wentz for a reasonable haul. Give me Carson Wentz every single time. Yeah, I mean, the only quarterback that I would be, like, if, if the Bears, it's not going to be Trevor Lawrence, obviously. He's going to the ja- Jacksonville. But the only quarterback that if the Bears jumped up and got, that Justin I would be Fields. like, all right, is Justin Fields. And, and maybe that's becoming somewhat more realistic because some people have Zach Wilson ahead of him in mocks, but I still don't, I'm, I'll believe that when I see it, I don't think that's happening. That's the guy that I would be like, all right, cool. Give, give whatever. Let's go, yeah. let's go get Justin Fields. If that doesn't happen, like, yeah, Carson Wentz had a very bad season last year with a revolving door of offensive linemen. I believe they had t- nine or 10 different starters. 
Um, they had a head coach who got fired two, three years after a Super Bowl, which doesn't really happen unless there's something else. Who wasn't that there. great of a head coach? I'm sorry. Yeah, who also wasn't that great of a head coach. Um, and a group of receivers who name me one other than Travis Fulgham. I'm not sure you can. Um, so yeah, he had a bad year and maybe there was some chemistry issues. Maybe there was some locker room issues. Maybe he wasn't great in it, but I think he is the classic, just he needs a new spot. He needs a change of scenery. It doesn't help when you're playing in Philadelphia of all places that is of all fan bases in the NFL, the most ruthless of all fan bases, especially towards yeah. their quarterback, even but more so comes, than well, Chicago. When it, comes to, when it comes to quarterback Not that play, Chicago's are, much better. If that's one, we are 1A. Not that Chicago's um, much the way better. the that we treat our quarterbacks. It, it's... It's just amazing how quick people are to write off a guy after one year. And I, I, I know I've, I've seen, you know, I, I mentioned his previous three. He's been in the NFL five years. Yeah, his rookie year, he was 16 and 14, went seven and nine. He was a rookie coming out of North Dakota State. Like, I'm, I'm willing to give a guy a little bit of a, a, a year to grow in that situation. Um, after that year, 33 and seven, 21 and seven, 27 and seven. If you want to talk to me about his con- your concern of how many games he can play in a season, that's fine. He's only started 16 games twice, two out of the five seasons. I, I get that. There, there might be a little bit of an injury concern there. Do you know what it? Do you know what it is? And it, I haven't had this thought until a second. I think ago. it's just. It, I think it's just not Deshaun Watson. Everybody wants Deshaun Watson. Yeah, fine. And we're jaded because of what the quarterback market has been in Chicago for our entire lives. But what Carson Wentz is is the full formation. Carson Wentz is the ceiling. Of Mitch Trubisky. 100%. Carson, Carson Wentz, if we have to trade to go get uh, the fully formed Mitch Trubisky, that's fine. Mitch Trubisky's never going to reach that level. He, yes, he does some of the same things. He's mobile. He's got a nice arm. Doesn't have as good of an arm as Wentz. Wentz is a better decision maker. Uh, Wentz, I, I don't know. I've never More been accurate. with them. Maybe a better leader. More accurate. But... When Carson Wentz, with what he is right now, is what we hoped Mitch Trubisky would be. So now we screwed it up. Is it going to cost us a, a little bit of capital to go get a guy who is the fully formed Mitch Trubisky? And I know that might be scary to even say that because that's not the leap forward we're hoping to take at the quarterback position. But operating in reality, yeah, that's what you got to go do. So the package that was reported, Matt, was a first-round pick, our, our, our 20, mm-hmm. an, an offensive player uh, that they didn't name. Uh, Tariq Cohen was floated. I think Anthony um, Miller is another name that seems like a logical guy to be in there yeah well, I, I drive Give him there Anthony myself. Miller and uh, uh, Wim excuse me Sims uh, Wims, Wims, Javon Wims, yeah. Wims give me t- let, let him have Wims let him have Miller Just make sure I'd they don't play to, the Saints next year I'd love to keep Tariq Cohen because we saw what that offense kind of became a little bit more one-dimensional without him uh, I, I saw you on Twitter call him a gadget player and I think that's a little disrespectful for what he's been able to do for our offense uh, yeah he's used in uh, special scenarios, but I wouldn't call him a gadget player. Um, just as long as it's not like a sign and trade with a Rob. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that uh, I, take it. Like, let's do it. Uh, what are we going to pick at number 20? Quite honestly, uh, yeah, so there'll, there'll probably be some offensive line talent there that we could use at 20, but if it's a quarterback or offensive line help, I mean, go the get thing, offensive line help and free. Yeah. Agency. That's, that's the thing with offensive line help is, Go find yeah, value in you, a second. Yeah, they, there's value to be had there later, and usually it is on the interior. But like, there's a, like James Daniels, second round pick. He's he was a really good offensive lineman last year until he got hurt. Cody Whitehair, second round pick, fantastic offensive lineman. I think uh, Corey Lindsley, the, the Packers center, is going to go be a free agent. Believe he was a second round pick too. He's a st- like 
there's value there to be had in the second round. They're just not usually tackles, which yeah. is you, you might have to get creative to go find one, but there's ways to do that. Um, now, if it get, we're getting to the point where we're talking about giving multiple first-round picks for Carson Wentz, which I don't no. think we're going to get to, then, no. I, then I'm with you. No, but the package that was reported the other night, I mean, you might even be able to snake an extra fourth-round pick back out of him. Like, I, I, I'll drive, I'll, I'll do that. My, like, I'll drive Anthony Miller over there myself, and I will pick up Carson Wentz. Give him a ride. I'll drive the U-Haul. I'll take yeah, that. Anthony, Anthony Miller Carson is absolutely expendable. Uh, I think that outside of like, I mean, I, he actually Darnell Mooney might be my 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 lone untouchable on the Bears' offense. Yeah. And how crazy that is to say! What fifth round pick last year? Like, I don't want to see it be a first round pick, Darnell Mooney, and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I, I that that would give me pause. As David well. Montgomery would give me pause just because I don't know who else. That's they true. Have yes, and David, and David Montgomery. I mean, top five rusher in the NFL yeah. last season. Let's not overlook that. Um, I think that it's just tough as Bears fans right now for us to be a part of any negotiation because of what's happened over the last four years under this yeah. regime that we have a tendency of getting fleeced in these negotiations and we don't want to get fleeced for another quarterback that might not work. And, and I understand that pain from Bears fans, but at the same time, Carson Wentz is our best option. And I think that it's not a, 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 a it's not an exercise in relativity. He's a good, he's a good quarterback. He's an, yeah. he's a better than average quarterback in the NFL. And that's, saying more than what we can say right now that's what bears fans have been asking for for the last three years and whether i mean even at mitch's best people were saying well we just need a quarterback that's you know just above league average which was what mitch was in 2018 like that's probably where he you'd say he's an average to just above average quarterback in 2018 they went 12 and 4 obviously the defense was a little bit more it was uh, had a different coaching or had a different coach was taking the ball away a little bit more but like we saw the ceiling when you have above average quarterback play and I, that's I, I'm willing to roll the dice that the three years prior are more of who Carson Wentz is than the one year pandemic season. What is Robert situation? Robert Quinn in a first round pick. God, I would that would be so sweet. Hey guys, Robert Quinn, he's pretty good. Just had a bad year this year. Just used to be him. good. Used to be good. Philly loves um, taking guys that used to be good. I mean, Khalil Mack is quickly making his way to that list, too. Not to be overly critical, but we need to see we'll a spike in numbers we'll next season that. as well. Uh, Matt, that's it for Bears Talk. We want to enjoy uh, yeah. closing the book on this NFL season and going out on a positive note. So before we both lose our minds, let's move on to a little buy or sell here. Keep it let's at Chicago. It. Got some topics to hit. You want to lead us off? Yeah, I'm going to. So this, this first one is Chicago-centric. Or is that okay. technically Chicago-centric, but it's going to directly involve both both of our dearly mm-hmm. beloved teams in this city. Um, Rob Manford today was talking about deadening the ball for this season. Um, so yeah. I want to ask you, buy or sell deadening the baseball in 2021? Sell. I, I mean, if they're deadening it to a point where it was a couple of years ago, then fine. But like, if we're seeing a bunch of two to one baseball game, you're going to kill the sport. Yeah. The I, sport, the sport is not, the sport is not sold on strikeouts. The sport is not sold on 20 game winners. Sports sold on home runs, RBIs, fireworks, and hot dogs. Like I, I don't think that this is a great strategy from a business standpoint. Uh, is it going to maybe level things out? Is pitting is, is hitting surpassing pitching in, in the way that these things are developing? I don't think so. If anything, I think pitchers are getting 
increasingly better. I mm-hmm. think that the technology in which, like, look at a guy like Trevor Bauer, who, like, who was Trevor Bauer four years ago? Well, now he's a Cy Young Award winner, headed to the Dodgers as one of the best pitchers in the league because of technology advancements and the work that he put in. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that hitters are taking the, the most recent hitting strides that have been taken was the steroid era. Like, what's what sort of or cheating with a a a, a, a trash can? Like, those are your hitting developments. I don't know that the technology behind coaching hitting is expanding. I'd love to talk to like a guy like Nicky Lopez about that because he's been working with a lot of guys this off season with new technology and different things that they're, that they're working on. But like, I, I think that it's a pretty even playing field between pitchers and hitters right now. I don't think we need to deaden the ball. And if you deaden the ball, I think you, I mean, you, you speed up the, the, uh, you speed up the timeline of baseball dying. Yeah, I, so dead in the ball. I think I think what they've been doing the last couple of years, which I don't think they'll say they've been doing, but I think they've been deadening it come playoff time. And I think I, I'm I'm fine with that. Like I think those lower scoring pitchers duels where runs are you know harder to come by in the playoffs make mm-hmm. for more of a playoff feel to it. But I, I'm kind of with you. I think the regular season's more reliable. You got 162 games. A whole bunch of two to one efforts is not going to sell a whole bunch of tickets. I, I think what I'm what I'm guessing is. They're trying to increase the amount of action in baseball games and take away from you know home run or strike home run strikeout or bust. But I don't mm-hmm. think this really does much to that because what's like the reason there's so many home runs is because people are changing their swings. It's not because the baseball's juiced. It's because people you know, kids coming up now are, are working on different swings in the past or taking. And we talk about it in every sport. The human biology is advancing. Yeah, but that that's that's a that's again a level playing field. Pitchers are getting bigger, stronger, faster. Hitters are getting bigger, stronger, fat. Leave the baseball alone. Yeah. Leave Brittany alone. Oh, God. Uh, That's a whole other story. I, I thought that the, the most exciting baseball, the most exciting season of baseball was, what was it, two years ago when they had the thing juiced, the last full season? Um, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was a record number of home runs. Perfect. It's why we come to the ballpark. It's the only chance you're going to get me to turn on the television and watch the game is if either you got a Cy Young Award winner on the mound who might strike out 20, or if you got guys in the lineup who might hit the ball 500 feet. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not the beautiful game or the sweet science of um, moving a runner. Uh, just. Just leave it alone. No, I, it and alone. again, I think that stuff for me comes a lot more into effect. Like, they, I love seeing more of the strategy in those playoff games that are all become more must-wins. I, I, I like seeing teams try, try to stri- scrape across a run in the bottom mm-hmm. of the seventh, tied 1-1 or tied 2-2. I don't mm-hmm. need to see that in, like, a low-pressure situation in July, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt, moving on here, sure. buy or sell. It has been, by all means – the best season of Zach Levine in Chicago. Oh, 100%. Um, I've said it before. I don't think you win anything with Zach Levine as your number one, maybe as a number two it works, um, but he's our number one right now. He's our he's our main scorer. Mm-hmm. The offense runs through him. The numbers have been great, but there have been four or five last chance opportunities either to win or tie the game this year, and Zach Levine has converted on none of them. Um, I don't know how to ask this as a buyer, so, so, so I'll ask it this way. Buy or sell, we're at a sell-high point of Zach Levine right now. I still don't know what you're getting for him if you sell high yeah. right now. You know what I mean? Because like the only Picks teams are worthless. The te- yeah, the teams that are interested in Zach right now are the teams that are title contenders. And the teams that are title contenders don't have pieces that a team like the Bulls want. 
I just, I don't see the value in it. And, and like, I think I was in your camp of, you know, Zach is either a two or like a values, a volume scorer next guy. From what I've seen from this year on what I've seen from, especially under Billy Donovan, the player he's become watched mm-hmm. a whole lot more of bulls basketball this year than I have in, in years past. He's becoming more of a complete player to the point where like, I think he is that two, that one a, I don't think he's ever going to be like the truly best player on a championship team, but he's a guy that can be like right there. He can be the Robin to a bat. Like he can be a very, like a, a stud star player on a championship team. Yeah. He hasn't had the greatest record in game winning situations this year. Still hit one. I don't think it was technically a buzzer beater against Portland, but he hit a three that put that game away. I think it was yeah. either tied later. They're up one and it pretty much effectively right. ended the game. He had the buyer Charlotte. I, I'm in on Zach. Bonus buy or sell. He's changed my buy or sell. Let someone else take the final shot. Like, ooh, do, like, ooh. do we want to see? Do we want to see Kobe White coming off a screen? Do we want to see Lori get a chance in an ISO? Like, like, do we want to see other players get a chance? Maybe here and there, just because with where you're at with the Bulls, you want to see who's got what and you know who can hit those types of shots, who's got the clutch gene, if you will. Um, but it's almost got to play off Zach. Like it, it's, it's gotta be, like you, you almost, you still have to use Zach as a diversion. If it's, if you're going to use him because teams think you're going to go to him and they're going to double him to get a guy open, then I'm all fine with that. But Zach's your best player. And it, I, I'm never going to fault the, I, I know he hasn't been great again with it this year, but like not going to fault them if they're down two to Indiana and then they go to him at the top and, and play some ISO ball. I mean, he yeah. had the, he was, uh, who they played at Washington. I know he missed the, the layup at the rim when he was expecting some contact, but like made a great play, made a great move, had a wide open look and, you know, was expecting contact, didn't make the shot. That, that was more the problem to me. You got to have that one. Yeah. Had to have it. Absolutely. Um, don't and then don't, and then don't turn to the ref and ask for a foul. When yeah. Like really not a foul. I, we, we know you're expecting contact. And I think everybody was, but I think yeah. it was Alex Len who was defending him, did a great job mm-hmm. of on the replay, especially did not, that was not a foul by any means. Yeah. Uh, you got another one. Yeah, I'm going to stick Bulls here because uh, okay. I think there you mentioned him in the uh, the you know last shot kind of category there. I just it's pretty simple. Buy or sell Lowry Markkinen's future in Chicago. Um, I'm not sure how much of him, how much of the Bulls you watch closely this year, how much of him you watch closely. I've, this year. I've watched a ton, I've watched a ton of the Bulls just because uh, days at work we have every single game on, yeah. and I always make sure that it's on my main monitor. So. I just, you know, it's it's definitely not developing at the rate that we want it, but I have a tough time, again, much like Zach Levine, I have a tough time buying or selling on any of these guys because if we're talking about the future of the franchise and a playoff team, an Eastern Conference contender, I don't know that that team looks anything like this team. Yeah. So if so, if Lori leaving or Lori being moved for a piece as a part of a deal for a guy, like the guy, then yeah, send him on his way. But like, in terms of like guys that I really see as the core of this team, as you try and build around it and add that all-star, add that all-NBA guy to that core, that core to me, I mean, I really, really like Kobe White. Like I really think that him as a guy, as a guard in a guard-driven league can be really, really good. Um, is Laurie a part of that core? I'd love for him to be because of the size, the makeup, what we want him to be, what we expect him to be. But is he developing to that? I don't no, think so. I guess, so. so I guess I'd kind of sell on it. I'm keeping I, – I, I know it's not the decision because they're going to have room for to, to keep Laurie. They're, they're not going to have cap issues next year. But, like, 
I, I think when it comes down to it, when I'm ranking pieces for the future, I, I know Kobe White struggled at st- for stretches this year, but I, I, I have him over Lowry. Like, I just, there's something missing with Markinen. I don't, I can't really tell what it is. I can't really put my finger on it. He's hurt again now, uh, two to four weeks with a shoulder. Like that's another thing. He's, he's missed significant time just about every year of his career. It seems like the farther into his career he gets, the more of a perimeter player he becomes, even at that seven foot frame. Like, yeah, I just, there, there's something missing with him. And I just, I, I'm not sure he's a, he's a very nice NBA player. I'm just not sure he's a guy worth investing what it might take to invest in him in, in, in a contract coming up here. Just going up and down the roster right now, like it, it might be knee jerk reaction on Patrick Williams, but of the roster that I'm looking at right now, if we're talking about the bulls two years down the road, like who's going to be on the bulls if they're progressing and contending for an Eastern conference championship, Pat Williams, Kobe White, and yeah, I'll give Zach the nod to yeah. um, those three it. guys. Clear, clean the rest of the team out and build something around those guys. If Laurie progresses, yeah, I'd love to see him as a part of that. Levine, Williams, Kobe, and an all-star. Like if you add, man, I, I don't know, start throwing around all-pro names here and free agents, but if you add a serious name to that group, then yeah, you're a contender. Um right. Is Lori the is Lori, like now? Let's say you add that all star to the Levine Williams mm-hmm. White trio, and it's someone other than Lori. Still, probably a, so. Like my point here is that Lori is not the straw that stirs the drink. No. So if he's not there, he's not there. So I get. I don't know the cap situation here, but I know Golden State has some picks. Is that a guy that like a, a team like the Warriors could see in Lowry? He, he's not a guy that's going to have to come in in there and be like a guy or the guy, especially. I mean. They're they're banking on Clay being healthy next year because if he's not, they're not going to win anything. But is that like a spot where you know Lowry Markkinen can come in and just kind of seems to be what he wants to be and be kind of a spot up perimeter shooter who gets the ball from those guys and is going to have a lot of open looks because Steph and Clay are yeah, taking the most of the attention. Is that is that a landing spot for him? Is fine. there a deal that yeah. works there? Uh, I know in, they have in Golden State. Golden yeah. State, they're so creative that Bob Myers, nothing he does would surprise me. Like the way that they navigated these injuries and KD leaving and mm-hmm. the cap space and not getting the pick that they thought they were going to get and um, not getting the free agent that they thought we were going to get and going to get Ubre on the back end of it and making that uh, D-Lo deal last year. Like, yeah, like there's nothing that Bob Myers would do that would surprise me. So. If you can add him to the war, I just I just don't know where he fits in the yeah. Warriors because if Clay comes back, like sorry, Laurie, you're not a spot up shooter in this offense. You got to be like a more of a traditional three. That okay. yeah, you can be a stretch three, you can shoot it, but like mm-hmm. you're not the guy running off screen. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know where he fits. Fair I think enough. that his game needs to develop to figure out where he'd fit anywhere. You know. Yeah. Um, we'll get Mark Schnauzke on the podcast to talk. Yes, to tell us who can speak a little we bit were, more. Uh, tell us where we were wrong or right on the Bulls here. Exactly. A smart uh, Matt, I want to take you to the ice for a moment because what's a party without ice? Never uh, thought I'd be excited about this. Buy or sell, Matt, that – and again, I, I just want to talk about this. I don't necessarily yeah. know how I want to phrase this as a buy or sell. But again, last night, Kevin Lankinen, um, 34, Fantastic. 34 saves mm-hmm. on 35 shots in an overtime win. Um, buy or sell that – I'll say it this way. Buy or sell, he is the starting goalie between the pipes for the Blackhawks for 90% of the games this season. Uh, it, it, right now, I'm, I'm 
90% might be tough just because Because I, didn't I, we think didn't we think Subban was going to be the starter? You know, kind, it of? kind of coming into the year it wasn't like or, he is Subban got the game one nod, but I don't think yeah. anybody really knew who was going to do what from what everybody said coming into this year, at least outside perspectives was that you know, none of these guys are going to be that good. Lankinen probably has the highest ceiling, but even his isn't even all that high. Uh, he's just, he's proving people wrong. He's been fantastic. He's making all the saves he should make. He's making a lot of the saves that he shouldn't make. And quite honestly, what's not getting as much, uh, attention as it, as it probably should is the Blackhawks defensive core has been fantastic. We, we had Jamal yeah. Mayers on the post game show talking about it last night. Yeah. Lankin's making a lot of great saves and he deserves a lot of credit for those. The Hawks' defense is doing a great job of not allowing those second-chance opportunities. And, and granted, Lankin, it has a lot to do with that with sucking up the puck. But the Hawks' defense is playing really well in front of them. They're getting the puck. They're, they're retrieving rebounds. They're getting the puck out of there. They're not giving teams these second-chance opportunities, these high-danger chances like we've seen in the past few years. And that's why the Hawks are largely in just about every game they're playing. They've buckled down completely defensively, and they're getting A-plus goaltending so far this year. And I, I don't care who is on your team if you're if you're playing that if you're getting that good of goaltending and playing that well fundamentally defensively you're going to have a chance to win every game and you listen to the Hawks talk in post-game press conferences Alex Dabrinkit was saying it the other day we know we're not the most talented team but we're going to outwork you and we're going to play to give ourselves a chance to win and yeah they lost they got blown out the first three games of the season since then they've gotten I think a point in 10 out of 11 they have not lost a game by more than a goal since the third game of the year so they're playing. They're, they're serious stuff. Yeah. And there have been there have been in, in watching, you know, in kind of just keeping Tabs. a general consensus of the league. Mm-hmm. Been a lot of blowouts this season. Yeah, been a lot of blowouts. There's it's, like a, there's like the haves and the have-nots this year in the NHL, and I think the Hawks are one of those weird teams occupying the middle. It's it's unfortunate too. Looking at the, you don't know what's wrong with Jonathan Taves. Obviously, we know what's wrong with Kirby Doc with his wrist. If those two guys were on this team. They would be a playoff team, and I, I yeah. wouldn't have even, I wouldn't have said that coming into the year. I said if if they came in fully healthy, maybe they could compete in this division for a fourth spot. With those two guys, I'm pretty confident in saying like they would be a top three team in the division right now. That they obviously well, don't have those guys. We don't know when we're getting them back, but it's it speaks to you know where they're kind of headed for the future. I mean, you look at the goal, the game winning goal in overtime last night, all four guys on the ice were rookies. I mean, they got a whole bunch of guys who are buying into a system, and I think part of it is too. You look at a team young like this, so I like how the Hawks were in 07, 08. They didn't really know that they weren't all that talented yet. They didn't really know that they weren't supposed to be competing, that they weren't supposed to be good. They were just kind of going out there and, and playing hockey and, and doing what they were supposed to, doing their job, and it, it's working. It's fun to watch. It's been, it's been really, it's been a delight. To Hopefully, watch your the guy Hawks. Todd Furman started fading that his his bet against the Hawks. Well, that, that's, that's funny that you say it because last yesterday on our preview show, uh, we were picking the Hawks game, and uh, the way I asked him, I go, you know, Todd, the Blackhawks they've outperformed some expectations <laughs> here. Are you going to stick to your guns and continue to? fade the best sweaters in the sport or are we are we finding some value here in the Blackhawks he's like Joe the Blackhawks tonight are one of my favorite value plays I love them in this spot I'm going to continue to take a look at them before Vegas regulates because they are a better team than we expect them to be I was like Todd Furman laying down the sword so uh <laughs> even uh one of the greatest Vegas insiders there is, is taking note of the uh, Blackhawks right now was- Todd I mean if you're looking for picks if you're looking for like you don't want to think you just want to jump on someone's picks oh, jump on Todd 
but Todd's hockey pick specifically. Like yeah. Todd's great at handicapping everything, but Todd played goalie for a long time. I also uh, feel like hockey is a sport, level. It's a sport that and Vegas like, hasn't ever fully caught up to, just because there's that's not the too. demand in yeah. it. And you got if you have a guy that knows it, I mean, he's gonna be. Like, you're gonna and, have an advantage. I mean, we have two guys on CBS Sports HQ daily in Todd Furman and Kenny White that used to work for the casinos, that used yeah. to be the guys setting the lines, making the odds. So they know where the numbers should be, and when there's a discrepancy in that, they go and attack. So uh, Todd, tune Todd, CBS we had, Sports HQ every day at 6 o'clock. When I was uh, free of charge. When I was with Cap and Hall, we had, uh, Todd was a, was a weekly guest of ours, and this was – I think just after he was done working for the, it was kind of early on in his career, but we we had Todd on with us a lot. Like I just, I was, I wasn't quite betting then yet, but I just remember mm-hmm. hearing his picks and kind of checking up. He was just, he was right on the money just about every time. And if you find the guys that does those niche sports, like hockey is kind yeah. of a niche gambling sport, ride it. Oh, some of the stuff he was giving us during the quarantine, like during the shutdown, he was giving us, uh, he's giving us, um, what's the, I can't even remember the name of the sport. Uh, not high lie. Um, what's God. the one that's like baseball? Uh, cricket. Cricket. Thank you. Um, he was giving us cricket plays that were coming through Korean baseball, like nothing under the sun, uh, nothing that the Lord touches is out of Todd Furman's reach. It's fantastic. Stuff. I, I going back to the gambling and the Blackhawks. It's I, it was mm-hmm. just, just kind of popped in my head, like the the running joke for the last two years. Not even a joke, but like the running bet with them that always hit no matter what was Blackhawks first period overs and just Blackhawks overs. They're yeah. going under just about like eighty percent of their games or something. I want since that that awful start where they're allowing five a game. Like since that point, they're going under just about every time. Those first periods are going under. It's just it's wild to see the change in the complete change in style and play that they have. And then they also still have Patrick Kane, which is cool. A pleasant surprise uh, as we head into the doldrums of winter. Uh, I hear it's pretty chilly there in Chicago right now. Pretty, pretty chilly out here right now too. But we got we got a sunny day. Um, we don't. My we mind don't. is somewhere on uh, a tee box in Arizona right now. Oh, so. God, wouldn't that be nice? Trying to trying to put a little something together for uh, for early March, but uh, you know, people drag their feet. We'll, we'll figure it out. I don't know if anyone's listening here uh, on the Moose and Moons podcast. I'm listening. Uh, look, I know you're listening, <laughs> and, and, and you know you're always welcome. Uh, working on a little working on a little free lodging. That's really the linchpin in a potential trip go. here in uh, in early March. Um, we got a, We got a golf trip to plan this year. We do. We we didn't get we, we didn't get to take it last year. We got to get you on. We got to get you back on. Probably not going to have uh, one of the cousins now that he's a dad and all that. But we we got a trip to plan. I think Pinehurst some... cough cough Pinehurst <laughs> cough cough. There might be a tough sell for a couple of the cousins, but I'll, I'll start making a sale. <laughs> uh, that might, that might are... more be a be of a a hey dad, you want to come on the trip? Let's go to Pinehurst. Nice. Nice. I would love that'd be that would be the that would he, be the carry on top. He, of that's that's TJR. a we, we we went there one time, went there before we played the Masters. It was a we were we not played the Masters, went to the Masters, we played Pinehurst. And I think ever since that one time he's just kind of made it his life. He's he wants to go back there again I mean, and then again. It's it's an unbelievable me, course. You give me four and a half hours anywhere with TJR, let alone at Pinehurst, and we're that's a W. He listens. That's, that's he, just, he listens. We'll try and make that that's happen. That's just a W. All right. Well for for Matt and TJR, I'm Joe. Matt, you got anything else for the people before we say goodbye here? Mailbags, 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 mailbags. Send us the mailbags or there won't be a podcast next week. You well, hear that's, us? That's probably not true, but it's not true. We'll do something. It's but, an empty um, threat. We'll talk we to need Mark. a little con- we, we need, need a little content. Yes. 
in the case that the Bears do not sign Carson Wentz in the next seven days, we're going to need your help here yep. to put together a podcast next week. We're going to line up some guests for the weeks to come. Uh, it's all coming your way as we uh, bridge you to another season here on the Moose and Ruins podcast. We'll take you all the way through college basketball, through the NBA, and back uh, 290 days, I believe, something like that. Hey, Matt, September. September 9th, the NFL kicks off next year. Thursday, September 9th, uh, we kick off the season. Um, I believe it'll be the Super Bowl champs versus somebody, so we shall see. But yes, the Masters it'll, it'll just be a few Bucks days Saints. away. It's not Bucks or, Saints, I'll be shocked. Yeah, Masters just a few weeks away on CBS. Uh, PGA is only a couple weeks away. You got the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. I saw the, the Masters commercial AM. doing the Super Bowl, and I just got like, I got some, I got like a shiver. It was awesome. Uh, Going to be some great stuff coming out of Augusta. Hopefully, um, we will have some on-site content. More, more to come on that. We're yeah. gonna, we're going to hopefully uh, hopefully make our way to Augusta here uh, in, in April. Trying to trying to work trying to work over the higher ups. Uh, Get a moose and press little, pass. See if we could do a little uh, CBS Sports HQ live for the Masters. Uh, it's all in the works here on the Moose and Runes podcast. For Matt, I am Joe. Thank you for tuning in to this episode 193 of the pod. Thank you for tuning in all NFL season. We appreciate your listenership. We appreciate your mailbag questions. Send those in so we can have some fun next week. But for now, he's Matt. I'm Joe. We'll talk to you soon. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. Chicken on the state was phenomenal.